What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? We're back uh, with another episode. Yeah, I mean, I not to let the cat out of the bag here, but this isn't even like a normal topic episode. Nope. I mean, we're just making things up at this point. Yep, yep. I, I didn't, because of the game on Friday and then yesterday, I, I had a bunch of stuff going on. So didn't have time to do the, you know, proper research to do an actual topic. Um, but I figured we've never done just a top 10 match show with uh, our favorite matches of all time. We, we've done similar things. We, we did our top uh, WrestleMania matches, but I think that's the only time we've ever done anything like that. So uh, we did the uh, themes once too. We did our top 10 themes. Yes. Yes. We did the top 10 wrestling themes and worst wrestling themes. And then <laughs> we did, uh, we did our top 10 WrestleMania matches, yeah. but we haven't just done an across the board top 10 favorite matches. And I was thinking about that uh, the other day. I think uh, yesterday it's um, yesterday morning or something, and I was like, "That would be like that would be fun." I was like, "That would be fun to do, just to go back and and make a try and make an actual list." And a- as expected, very difficult. Um, <laughs> I, I've watched more wrestling, and again, I was gone most of the day yesterday. So I, I like it, Harris. When you told me today, you're like, "How about we just do you today, and then I'll do mine tomorrow." Uh, that this is me talking as Harris. And, uh, and it was funny because you're like, yeah, it's kind of a lot, you know, last minute to do that. And I was thinking you probably had more time than I've had the past two days to, to watch matches, but I did it anyway. So, well, it was also your idea. I feel like it's fair (laughs) to make you do the work. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I was thinking two things. Number one, the last time we did this, when we did our top 10 mania matches, which I recorded in my car, by the way, because I was at work, <laughs> like on a Saturday or whatever. Yeah, so that's had, right. So I had to walk outside and sit in my car on the top of the parking deck to get a signal. And it lasted like three hours. So I it was did. thinking, OK, we can definitely like cut that in half. And also, and this is the second thing I was thinking, like I sat down after you said, hey, let's do our top 10 matches. And I started listing different things I could think of. It was like, oh, hey, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. And I listed out like like a lot, not as many as you maybe, but I had like 12 or 15 matches. And then sure. I was like, okay, some of these I know like where they are on the list. Yeah. But some of these I'm like, is that number seven? Is that number 10? Is that number 12? Yeah. I don't know. And I can't watch a dozen wrestling matches or uh, – Listen, I choose not to watch like a dozen wrestling matches in the span of around 24 hours. I just I I didn't want to do that. So I'm going to make sure. you do the work. And then this week, Thanksgiving week, I can take some time off and just relax and watch a little wrestling and come back with my own list next week. And no, 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 that works out. So it makes sense making it two episodes, I think. Yeah, that no, that that works out just fine. But my point was. I it, the the amount of time we had was probably comparable. And that's all I'm gonna say with that. I was up till three in the morning 
watching uh, wrestling matches last night. It's on you, buddy. And then did it all day today, except when I went to the mm-hmm. grocery store. And uh, even half the Broncos game, I was also watching wrestling matches. Heck um, yeah. I watched, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I watched 15 matches since yesterday at 8 p.m. Um, yeah, um, I, it, but it's been wonderful. Don't get me wrong. It's been great because I haven't, I haven't watched wrestling matches in a long time. Like, I, I, other than <laughs> watching AEW... You know, every week I have not mm-hmm. gone back and watched old stuff in a in a long time. I, I realized this the other day. I was like, man, I haven't done that in so long. This is great. Everything's Dude, good when you watch it that way. <laughs> it's fun to be into wrestling. Like it, we forget about it sometimes because a lot of it's bad. And we do yeah. a podcast that talks about all the things that are bad. But when it's good, it's so fun. And it's it nice is. to remember that every once in a while. So so I had I had a great time watching a lot of these now unfortunately like there was a handful that are on my list where i'm like i knew i wasn't going to watch them i'm like that's an hour-long match i know i'm not going to mm-hmm. have time to watch that but i watched mm-hmm. a lot more than i thought i was going to so mm-hmm. uh so i'm pretty happy with that and there are some very difficult decisions um i have i think 22 <laughs> listed but i did i do have a top 10 um, all right i try and again now this is uh favorite matches so there's different things that go into that there's you know, quality of matches, there's quality of moments. Um, you'll notice, I think, five or six of these took place in the city of Atlanta. Um, hey! And, um... Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, come on down! Let's cu- do it! <laughs> a couple of them, of, a couple of them I, you know, a couple of these on my list had to do with the fact that I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of factors that went into this. Um... It was very, very difficult. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But before we get into that, Harris, you want to talk about AEW at all? Uh, we can. I mean, I feel like it was pretty good. I don't have any super strong thoughts, although we did miss yeah. a week. I mean, I thought it was a good show, but I don't Yeah. I don't have as much to talk about as we did last time after the pay-per-view. Well, yeah, sure. yeah, of course. Of, uh, of course not. But, I mean, I, I, mean I, I thought it was another good show. And it was one of those I kind of thought I, – I know I, I like the top flight. Young Bucks match fine. Um, like I like Top Flight fine. I just am kind of boycotting the Young Bucks right now, so I really only half watched. Um, and then the Orange Cassidy Kip Sabian, I didn't care at all. I'm sorry. I just don't. I, I I like Kip Sabian fine. I don't give a crap about him or Miro or this whole thing. It's just oh, dude, very uninteresting to me. I was watching for Miro because the thing about like I don't Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Okay, fine. I miss Rusev. Too- I hate this Miro too... character. It sucks. Well, I want to see what they do with him, though. I want to see what happens because I don't. Here's the thing: I think they know that people don't really care about Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford that much. The intrigue is like, okay, when is he gonna like get mad and kill this guy? What's gonna happen with Miro? I want to see what happens there. I like that he doesn't have to be an evil Russian because he sure. seems like a cool, laid back dude, and I like that like that they're letting yeah. him do that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think he'll do something good. I think he's a really talented, like smart guy. I so just I'm think I think to the, see what he will do. But the problem is it they've, wasn't much. They've put him in this comedic thing, and he's so not funny as this character to me. Like I loved him as uh, uh, Rusev Day when he started mm-hmm. getting into that comedy stuff and and had his mm-hmm. personality and all that stuff. Like that was awesome. This is not that. This is uh, 
forced jokes, very poor humor, and it's just yeah. dull and, and and very annoying to watch. Can I, I we said we're not going to talk about it. Now I'm going to talk about it a lot. <laughs> Tell me if you if if I'm wrong. Is this the first time we've ever seen this man play a baby face like straight up? I think that Who, might be Miro? part of the problem. Yeah, he's not like, a baby never... face. Well, no, but you know what? No, he's, he's not a baby face. Nah, he did storm in and beat him up at the end of the match. Yeah, That's he's true. not a baby face at all. I guess I'm just comparing him to Rusev and Lana cutting like your America is a land oh, yeah, of yeah. scum and villainy level of heel. No, you're right. Sure. That's fair. I mean, the match ended. And he came in and beat up Orange Cassidy. I guess that's as heel as it gets. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, he's trying yeah. to play a nice guy, which Rusev never was. Side note, and just to indicate, because I know you know how funny this guy is. Did you ever listen to his appearance on the AEW podcast? No. I, I, I haven't been following that podcast on a regular basis. But I went and looked that up this week because I was like, huh, Miro, is he going to do anything? Let me see what, you know. Mm-hmm. I went down this rabbit hole. And what do you think a listener asked him, what's your favorite title you've ever won? And it wasn't the United States title, which sure. I think is the only one he's ever won. They, or it was your favorite championship. You know? Yeah. And he didn't say the United States title or the big gold belt or whatever. He said, oh, well, it was my television title. And I don't know if you remember this, but after one match when they were in the League of Nations, like beating up on Roman Reigns for six months or whatever – Terrible angle, but in the middle of that match, in the middle of like 2015, they did an announce table spot, mm-hmm. and Rusev just picked up the television monitor and walked out of the building, and then on Twitter, he was like, <laughs> this is my monitor now. This is the television champion. I am the television champion, <laughs> but apparently, he just did that. Like, they didn't – he got back through the curtain, and somebody was like, hey, man, what you got there? Let me see, and he's like, nope, this is mine. <laughs> And then he left and they were like, did they ask for it back? And he's like, oh, yeah, they asked for it back. And I said, no, I want to keep it. And they said, OK. So he's still got a television monitor at his house one day. Because he was that's like, great. look, I'm in a nothing feud that's going nowhere. Like he was basically like, I guess I just have to entertain myself. Right. So he stole a monitor from production one day on live television. That's great. Right. So I want to see some of that. I don't know. Uh. I don't know if he can be charismatic if he's trying to be on TV. I guess we'll find out, but I feel like that's that's kind of the problem right now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, the match itself didn't do much for me. That's a roundabout way of saying that. I'm just yep. tuning in to see when is Miro going to do like a cool Miro thing. And it hasn't happened yet. I know. Okay, would would be nice. Thunder but... Rosa got robbed. You want to? Yeah, talk about that was that, that was that Open was that great though, man. Another another awesome another awesome uh, NWA women's match where it's like yeah. You know, when women are wrestlers, it's really good. <laughs> so here, not yeah. whatever AEW's been doing with their failed, well, it, constant failed experiments in the women's division. But hopefully, they start learning and it starts to get better. And um, I, I think we're getting there. I, I really I, I do. Think, I, think I think pairing so. her up with Britt Baker is gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, that's and a I, great idea. I mean, that's prop. That's got to be the biggest like show of confidence you can give a woman's wrestler in AEW right to pair up with Britt Baker I mean other than yeah. fighting Nyla Rose for the women's title because yeah, we've been again. seeing that for like a year straight but but uh, all that to say like by the time this match ended you said okay we've got our title scene I think Anna Jay has a title match I mean I don't think yeah, she'll win she but does. whatever okay but you know like give other people a crack at it who aren't Nyla Rose that's fine not that there's anything wrong with Nyla Rose but I'm tired of it give it somebody bored. else um 
yeah, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, that's going to be fun. Was there one uh, other than um, our, our our favorite new performer and Brandy Rhodes? Was there one other women's feud, or is that the only other one? I think that's the third one. Um, I think that's that was it, at least on that show. Yeah. So that's like that's three women's feuds that I'm like, okay, this is going to be like a story and character driven thing, and not just a big bad guy versus small good guy for the title yeah. at a pay-per-view with no build. You know what I mean? Right. I'm excited to see where we go from here. Yep. I No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it, it was great. It was a lot of fun. They they killed it, and it was the best part of the show by far. Um, uh, Pack is back. That was, that was yeah, good. Yeah, that was Looked fun. great. Looked great. Can you, can you explain the death triangle faction to me? Because here's, here's the thing, and I realize this is a problem I have with AEW. I, I'm getting all the heel factions like they're all just the same in my mind. And I know they're different, but I don't understand what makes them different, like in terms of like their style or their character. I feel like you've got Eddie Kingston and his family, which includes two luchadors, which doesn't make a lot of sense because this whole thing is being a street tough. Right. And then, oh, no, actually, they're allied with Pac because they were in a, in a faction for like 20 minutes before he got sent home. Um. And then you've got Taz, who is also playing like a street tough with his own crew of street toughs. It's just all like everyone who's not inner circle, I feel like, is doing the exact same heel shtick. Where you've got a manager who's big and loud and then a couple mean dudes. And there's just not much more to them than that. That's a roundabout way of me asking, like, were Pac and the Lucha Brothers ever a thing in the indies? Or did they just no. team up because they're all kind of mean and good at wrestling? No, they just teamed up at some point at the, the beginning okay. of the year or at the end mm. of last year. I don't remember exactly when it started mm. and um, just started putting on amazing wrestling matches. No. And uh, the, the Eddie Kingston thing never made any sense to me from the start. I was like, this this doesn't make any sense. Why why are we why are we acting like there's another faction but not really? Anyway, that, that, okay, that, one, just... that one I never really understood. But but they broke it's up. Now, what, so it's, it's whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. Eddie Kingston's great. So, I mean, they're all yeah. great. So it's fine. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's the good thing about AEW. Even when stuff maybe doesn't make sense, everyone's <laughs> good. So it's like, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's fine. <laughs> but right. uh, it, yeah. it, it took a while for me to get used to the all factions thing again, because that's so different. Um, but it is very old school with kind of ev- mm-hmm. almost kind of everyone being a part mm-hmm. of a group of some kind. And, uh, but, but it is kind of old school and I, I think it works in a way. And, and I don't think, I think there's a lot of them, but I don't think they're overdoing it as far as like storyline stuff goes. So it, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's just like, oh yeah, he's part of a faction and then is also part of this other feud. It, so it's yeah. not, it's not like, oh, I don't think they're overdoing it too much, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it. I understand why you do it from a developmental yeah. perspective and like a long-term storytelling, like feud planting thing. I think it would like, it, it's fine because they aren't trying to do too much heavy lifting with the factions. Like if you tune in, you're just like, Oh yeah, they're friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm thinking a little too much into it, yeah. but it was when it was like, because this show featured like, okay, Eddie Kingston wants Pentagon or whatever they have to call him for legal reasons to, beat up his brother and turn on pack but no he's going to align with his brother and pack just like they were a team but also eddie thought they were in a team 
and then Taz has his own team. It, that that the, was the I Taz think thing. Taz, I don't know why that confuses you. Like I don't I don't it's understand not that why it that confuses me. It's just that I feel like they have three factions that are just doing the same thing. Man. And it was Pat coming back that really like finally solidified it to where I was like, okay, wait, what is the difference between these three teams? And there really isn't one. They're kind of just friends. And Taz has his uh, has his Taz title. That's, yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of weird. Uh, but that's kind of it. I don't know. To Cody be honest, Rose it's a got... it's a good it's a good heel thing though. It's a good oh, heel totally. thing. It's like, no, we have yeah. our own title. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Has he ever put it on the line? Yes, yes, ever... yes, he did. Okay. Uh, a couple well, like a, a couple weeks ago, like a few, oh, like a month funny. ago or something. I forgot oh, who okay. he wrestled for it, but yeah, that's yeah, funny. they did do it like an actual title thing. Which, okay, which well, funny. Cody but, got turned on because he loves to be Sting. That was uh, that happened. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, he's really bad at making friends. That, that's just what it comes down to. Nothing just... was worse than MJF. Like Will Hobbs made more sense than MJF. Well, that was, to be honest, the Will Hobbs thing. It might be the smartest thing I've seen from AEW in a long time. Where it's yeah, like he I took agree. something that was not good. Like it was like, I what is going on here? Why is he here? There's no yep. reason for him to be here. We we've had no yep. explanation. He's not a part of anything. He doesn't even yep. come in to help. He like only comes in later to help yeah. and i was like well why didn't he come in like five minutes ago when they started beating him up like it's never made any sense to me <laughs> and uh and now it makes a lot more sense now it's like okay okay th- this is this is good th- this works like th- now 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 this is something we can get behind that makes a lot well, more sense and he fits in perfectly with with that group anyway so yeah yeah no, i'm, I'm really all glad, for it i'm really glad you pointed that out because i didn't really think about it in those terms but i you know i'm relatively casual i mean i follow AEW and wwe but i don't know who all these guys are that they bring in so i didn't know or care who this guy was and yeah. guess what now i care yep. so great like you're right that that's exactly what you want to do they did it well mm-hmm. done like all right i'm i want to hear what he has to say now i want to see what he does next like you and, you and, did it that and is the already point. taz's faction is my number one faction in all of AEW right now like it's taz who's always awesome Freaking Ricky Starks, or NWA boy, who's incredible. Right. Brian Cage is a monster and can do anything. And now right. Will Hobbs, everything I've seen from him, at, le- at least physically, looks great. So, I'm in. Like, I'm in. It's like, they're, they're right up there with Inner Circle, man. Like, they're 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 awesome. I like that faction I, a lot. I'm a big fan of the way Brian Cage looks like the Pokemon evolution of Ricky Starks. <laughs> That's good for me. They need to be a tag team for that reason alone. I mean, that's perfect. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. <laughs> they they, they kind of do. That's a, that's a fair point. That's that's funny. That's funny. That's good. But uh oh man. But anyway, that that was fun. Uh, the blade looked good. Um, I mean, Butcher and the Blade. I mean, they're they're a great tag team. Anyway, they they always perform. So that was. Oh. That was good. Good match. Um, then the uh, main event was fun. Again, I mean, we basically already talked about it, but. Cage and Starks and Cody and Darby was, I mean, that's all four of those are four of my favorites in the whole company right now. So that was, they put on a good show. Kind of, kind of a little annoyed that Darby took the pin right after being TNT champion, but Mm -hmm. I guess that's just the easy way out with the guy who's half the size of everyone else. You know, I mean, yeah, but that, that's kind of par for the course. No, 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 no. Darby's much smaller than Ricky Starks. I mean, you think Ricky Starks is smaller than he is because he's next to Brian Cage. Yeah, right. As as we have established. I mean, yeah. Ricky Starks isn't the biggest guy, but like he's, right. you know, I mean, he's like 
at least for this day and age. He's like, you know, average size wrestler. Mm. Um, Darby Allen is like my size, maybe like a couple inches taller than me, but basically my size. I think he weighs the same as me too. But, uh, so I was kind of a little annoyed. It's like, you just put the title on him. You're billing him as the face of this. And then he immediately is the one who lost. It was like, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with giving cage and Starks the win, but I don't, I don't know that I I don't, I guess there was really no other way to do it, but it would just kind of was. A little bit disappointing, but anyway, hey, mm-hmm. W's banging on all cylinders. It's great. Everything's fun. It was good again. That's really all there is to it. Um, uh, Harris, you made a big deal of saying you were going to tell us about WWE in, in the next episode, that you were getting back into watching all of that, and you were a WWE guy again, and you were going to bring that to the table, so, so go for it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I have two things to say, and neither of them are about what happened in the ring. <laughs> They're just things that I feel strongly about. Is oh, that okay? That's kind of dumb. Also, Bailey is leading the Survivor Series women's match tonight, so we'll oh, keep an eye on that. Yay. If they have some ridiculous run, you'll probably hear from me again. I mean, it's hard to. It is hard to get into Survivor Series. I think I spoke like a month too soon because it's not like we even have the Rumble coming up or anything. It's all nope. fine. It, you know, yeah. but here's okay. So here's the two things I wanted to say about what took place outside of WWE um, or outside of the ring. Number one, Sasha Banks has been starring in the Mandalorian. This yeah. season. You know, it's funny. I completely didn't even register that, that was her when I was watching the episode. And, yeah. then, and then everything came about after that. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was. I wasn't even paying attention. And I haven't watched the episode from this week yet, which I keep forgetting about. Thanks for reminding me. I, oh, yeah. I no, I'm behind on it, happening. too. It's cool. But so I say that to say, like, I didn't know. And maybe they've been plugging it all summer and we just wouldn't know because we weren't watching it. Yeah, I wouldn't know. But I, I learned that it happened. Same, like, after that episode debuted. Because I thought it was just somebody in the trailer who looked like Saucer Banks. Because people on Twitter were like, oh, look, Saucer Banks is in The Mandalorian. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I was like, wait. No, she's actually, though. Mark, do you know how she got cast in The Mandalorian? Harris, clearly no, because I didn't even know she was in it. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, I didn't know if you heard, like, after the fact, like, because it's been, you know, a couple episodes or whatever. Nope. So she did it. It wasn't because somebody at Disney is a big fan of. Oh WWE. wait, no, I did. I did see something very briefly. Okay, that, well, let uh, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. That she me, was on Hot Ones. Yes, it wasn't because they watched her in WWE. Yeah, it's not because she's in all the SmackDown commercials. It's not because she just had a barn burner of a feud with Bailey and won the SmackDown Women's. No, she was on the Hot Wings show. And they were watching the Hot Wings show, and they were like, whoa, this woman's really cool and has which a lot is, of charisma. Which we is a great show, by show. the way. I've never watched it. But really? Is, that, is there a more— Oh, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. It seems cool. The, I mean, the dude, the dude on there is the best interviewer probably in the entire world right now. Like, And I'm not kidding. Like, He's, mm. he's one, whoever came up with the idea is a genius yeah. with this. And two— I don't know if it was him, if if it was the guy or not, or if he's – I don't know how, if he's the one who does all the research or not. I assume he is, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. His questions are amazing. The show's really well done. It's 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 great. Like I've watched – I mean it's been on for, I don't know, four or five years now, and it's it's I haven't seen a bad episode of any of the ones I've watched. Mm. Wow. It's very entertaining. High praise. Okay, cool. Well, I'll have to check that out. But here – so they discover her on the Hot Wings show. And you think, oh, well, okay, that's, you know, 
but that makes sense, right? Because WWE is always like pushing their like farming their talent out to something like right. Maybe the producers would have otherwise seen Charlotte Flair and those lovely Cricket Wireless commercials that are so obviously like corporate branding with WWE. So like they clearly saw this was oh well this is a good opportunity. Let's get a star on there. Let's put Sasha on it. She's cool, right? Yep. Wrong. <laughs> she only went on that show because her husband told her she should do it and like pulled some strings and made the connection. Nice. That's not on WWE's radar at all. They don't know what that show is, which makes sense because you just explained to me that it's an excellent and trendy show. So, of yeah. course, they have put no thought into it at all. Well, no. And also because it's a big AEW thing because they uh, it's I think it's owned by one of those companies. There's mm. I don't know how it works, but because um. They're earlier, in the same family, though, right? Yeah, because yeah. earlier this year, um, Hot Ones, they, they, I don't know if they, I don't know if it's a regular show now. They have a, like a game show, but mm-hmm. it's on TNT. Um, that's the one Cody's on. No, this is that's a different oh, show. Um, but at the beginning of the year, they did. I don't know if it was a limited thing or not, but they did a Hot Ones game show, mm-hmm. but it aired on TNT, so it was constantly advertised during Dynamites. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the year, but uh, so that that makes sense why WWE it wouldn't be on their radar. Although, but at the same time, tons of WWE people have been on it, or, or like former, like Stone Cold was on it, mm-hmm. Undertaker was on it this week, like a couple days ago. Um, like I forgot who else they've had, but they've had a couple of of WWE people. But anyway, but so like it just I I can't well I can think of one because we'll talk about it in a second. I can barely think of a more damning indictment of Vince McMahon and his strategy of like just corporate amalgamation of everything his employees do than the fact that like Sasha Banks got this amazing breakout role in like one of the most popular TV shows in pop culture right now. Is that fair to say? I mean, because everyone talks about it and is thinking about it. Boom, right there, front and center. He had nothing to do with it had nothing to do with her getting on the show that got her on that show just completely asleep at the wheel because and here's the second thing I want to talk about he's too busy making sure that they can't make any money on Twitch when there's no house shows for them to make money off of and nothing else for them to do except sit at home and play video games and they figured out a way to say hey what if we play video games uh with people and make a little bit of money off of that and he said nope you can't do that because you're my employees and – oh, no, wait. No, they're not. They're independent contractors. Yep. But it doesn't matter. He still said no. No Twitch. And Zelina Vega, God bless her, looked around and said, you're, you're not paying me as much as Twitch is. I'm going to keep doing Twitch. And Wheaton got herself fired for it last week, which was – I don't want to say hilarious, but the one-two punch of her tweeting, I support unionization – like seven minutes before the WWE Twitter account announced that she'd been future endeavored was absolutely hilarious and pissed a lot of like interesting and influential people off. And I don't want to get into this whole thing about like morality and unions or profits or capitalism or whatever. I just think it's super interesting Sure. that Vince McMahon and his own particular model of independent contractorship since like the the great CM Punk interview six years ago where he talked about, you know, like Wizard World would offer me $10,000 to go sign autographs for a day. 
and WWE would pull the plug and send like three mid card guys yep. because they don't want anyone to get that shine. They only want the company to get that shine. And that's right. why you don't see WWE superstars in any cool commercials yep. or in any cool TV shows unless they get them on their own. Yep. And that and, level and of- actually, um, I'm sorry, sorry for a little no, tangent cool. here, but yep. I just listened to the AEW um, podcast with Cody from mm. a couple weeks ago. And it's funny that you said that because they they realize that 100%. Yep. And they're trying to exactly do the opposite. Yep. Like their whole thing is Cody was talking about how he was a little he was a little bummed that they put Moxley's uh, Moxley's um, like billboard up over his recently. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know. But he's like, that's the way I want it. It's like, I want it to be, I want one person on the cover, you know, of this. I, I want one yep. person on the, it's like, I want to be on the video game cover. They don't let me have anything to do with it. And he's like, like stuff like that. He's like, but I want it to be like that so that you're constantly fighting for stuff. You, it gives people mm-hmm. extra incentive to, to be that one, to be that guy. And, exactly. and, and it then makes those people that much bigger, which is exactly what WWE has been act massively trying to not do for the past 15 years exactly and it's you're talking about aew hitting it on all cylinders a second ago i think the like on-screen product is good like i'm happy with it i think this and their incentives and their way they're looking around and saying look you are independent contractors you're scheduled to wrestle for this company and like we might sign you to an exclusive contract at this company but what you do when you're not wrestling for us is entirely your own business. And if you yep. want to try to find a way to partner it into the show, great. But if you don't, that's fine because you're independent contractors. And the way they go out of their way to emphasize that is the best up yours WWE counter programming they could ever do. Because I don't yep. care if Cody Rhodes comes out and smashes a bad plastic throne with a sledgehammer. But when Cody Rhodes says, yeah, heck yeah, Miro's going to have a Twitch account, it's going to be great because he's a funny, entertaining guy. And that has a really broad reach, and that can get some more eyes on the product. That's mm-hmm. exactly what you want to see happening. I'm thrilled to see that happening. That's what excites me most about AEW. And I just think it's funny. And I know we rambled a lot here. I'll close with this. I just think it's funny that in Vince's insistence on cutting off all of these external sources of revenue, Cameo, Twitch, YouTube, whatever comes up next, cutting all of his performance off from that, he not only – Fired Zelina Vega, who is whatever you think of her in the ring. I think she's fine. I think as a manager, she's incredible. One of the best in the business right now. Cut her loose. Gone. Out of the company. Pissed off Alistair Black, her husband. Right. If he's not looking for a way out the door now, which he already requested to be sent back to NXT, they told him no. If he wasn't already looking for a way out the door, he's looking for one now. And he's going to be gone. Just like at some point, apples and oranges here, but like Lana is going to be gone from this company at some point. And she brings a different kind of value and, you know, not making it, like I said, it's apples to oranges there. But like Alistair Black's going to be gone. He's a great performer. And I'm really excited to see him go to AEW and mess with some people. You also strangled Andrade's career in the cradle, right? His run as NXT champion with Zelina Vega as his manager was incredible it was was, really fun it did what nxt does best right which is give you this like wrestling trope as old as time 
and repackage it for the modern era and have some really, really fun feuds with it and some really fun pay-per-view matches. And I know like, I don't, they weren't currently aligned together. Like they were broken up or split amicably on the main roster, but at any given time you can put the two of them back together and have that magic. He's not getting that back without her. He's just not like, he's got a lot of charisma without a manager there to kind of speak for him, especially because his English is still coming along. He's not going to do that. You just crippled or cut three extremely talented people from what I know is a stacked roster, but that's just such a stupid and pig-headed way to do business. It it blows my mind, and I genuinely think like in another 10 or 15 years, we're going to look back and be like, that that was like – that was a Hogan leaving for WCW moment. Like that was an industry changing <laughs> moment. It's not going to be Rusev or Zack Ryder showing up on AEW. It's going to be Zelina Vega saying, no, you know what? Fire me. Cause you're not allowed to do any of this anyway. Right. Based on my current contract. Very excited to see what happens with that next. I'm not going to watch her on Twitch cause I'm not 12. I don't know how Twitch works. That passed me by, but yep. Yep. you know, good for them. <laughs> I'm glad we're both in that boat. <laughs> we're sure. like, I don't know what this is. I don't think it's nope. real, but okay. I don't get it. It makes absolutely zero sense. I was like, I nope. thought it was just you watch people play video games. Apparently, it's a whole lot more than that, and I have I have no idea. I don't know anything. I don't know either. Uh, I, I don't know. All I know but is a, all I know is Paige is very popular on it. That's that's all I know about it. Can't and, imagine and, why. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> anyway, um, all There's right. Some other st- yeah, there's other stuff going on in the <laughs> ring, but like those are the only two things I felt strongly enough about to cut a little promo on here tonight. So, well, that's fine. Now that we're 40 minutes into the show, um, I told you we could only do your list. I told you it'd be fun. The show's still gonna be three hours long here, but oh well. Um, all right, time to get into the topic. And as far as topics, not really a topic. It's just my uh, my top 10 wrestling matches of all time. Um, this is over any company, any era, doesn't matter. Um, also I have, uh, but I do have a crap ton of honorable mentions, so I'm going to very, very briefly mm-hmm. go over those real quick. Um, couple things that were more moments than matches, uh, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Survivor Series 2016, one of the greatest things I've ever seen in WWE live still to this day, Goldberg steamrolling Lesnar in three moves was wonderful, absolutely wonderful, and I, I, again, there's two times recently that I've been just absolutely ecstatic watching WWE in the past five years, and that's one of them, and the other one was the Hardys coming back at WrestleMania 33, that's the number one moment, and then winning the tag titles in a ladder match, incredible, absolutely incredible, so those are more for the moments in the matches, but uh, some other ones I have to briefly mention, Steamboat and Savage, WrestleMania 3, Intercontinental Championship, classic historically viewed as one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time and it's hard it's impossible to argue with that but that one that one's incredible um fleer and uh fleer flair and sting at great american bash 1990 sting's first ever uh world championship win that's an outstanding match really really well done a uh, big moment at the end where the good guy finally has the title again so you know the whole locker room comes out to celebrate with sting you know big Big moment. Um, Jeff Hardy and Undertaker, Raw 2002. This one almost got in my top 10. I have a handful that I had in the top 10 at one point and then then switched out. Actually, most of these I at one point. 
I did that with. But this match is incredible. Harris, if you haven't seen this match, this is one of the greatest ways to build a baby face in the history of wrestling. Because at this point, Jeff Hardy was recently split from Matt Hardy. I'm not sure exactly when they broke up the tag mm-hmm. team, but it was fairly recent in 2002. And uh, this was basically Jeff Hardy's coming out moment. He like stood up to The Undertaker earlier in the show. Undertaker was like, all right, I'll put my title up on the line and I'm going to literally beat you to death in this ladder <laughs> match. Like you are not going to walk out of the arena. Like that was what he told him. So that he that's the match comes down. It's a ladder match. He, he, Jeff, Jeff Hardy even got to pick the match. And of course, he picked ladder match. And um, it's just Harris. I can't even explain how good this is at building up Jeff Hardy because Jeff Hardy just gets steamrolled like basically the entire match. Like at one point, he's literally sprawled outside dead and Undertaker can just walk right up the ladder and grab it. And he goes halfway and stops because he kind of sees Jeff Hardy stirring. And remember, he said he was not going to be able to walk out of there. So he's like, nope, this kid's starting to get up. I'm going to go back to beating him up. And he just keeps doing that. And Jeff Hardy's one of the greatest sellers of all time. And he just excels in that. So then Jeff Hardy gets some offense in. Undertaker gets cocky. Jeff Hardy can take advantage of that. He has a couple of almost wins from some lucky stuff. But then in the end, comes up short. Undertaker wins. And, uh, but then Jeff Hardy gets up again, Undertaker comes back to the ring to beat him up. Then, then Undertaker leaves again. Jeff Hardy grabs a microphone and yells at him. Nope. I'm still standing. Undertaker comes back down, rears up to punch him again, and then just pats him on the head and raises his arm. And is just like, you're one tough son of a bitch. And then just leaves incredible instant star right there. Instant one match. But anyway, that's not even on my top ten, and I've talked about. I was going to say that's. It's just incredible, and I've I'm, heard about it. I, I'm going to be taking notes this whole time because I'm always looking for new stuff to watch, especially over the holidays. I knew about that. I, you told me about it. I know, like of that match. I need to go watch it because yeah. it sounds great. It's wonderful. It's great. Um, another one I watched this week again, trying to see if I could fit it in the top ten, but unfortunately, just couldn't. Cody versus Dustin, double or nothing last year. Mm. Just so. It, it's, it's again, just, it's the same type of thing where just beautiful baby face work by Dustin in that match. Just incredible. Cause again, Cody came in, he's the savior, the start of AEW breaks the throne crowd on their feet, just a million decibels chanting Cody. And halfway through that match, there was no more cheering for Cody Rhodes. Yeah. None. <laughs> and Cody is so good. We we talked about this on the full gear episode. He's so good at being the heel in a particular match without mm-hmm. being a heel. Yeah. He's so good at that just slight little things he'll do that just start to kind of tick you off when you like the other person without actually being a heel though. And he does it yeah. to perfection in that match. D- Dustin bleeds like 12 pints of blood. Like it's just it's wonderful. Cody comes back the crying speech of I need my brother. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's wonderful. So that's an honorable mention. Uh, HBK Taker, WrestleMania 25. I don't have to say any more about that. Honorable mention. Wish it could be in the top 10, but it's not. Um, AJ Nakamura, Wrestle Kingdom 10. Two, 2016 for the Intercontinental Championship. Incredible match. Fantastic. I rewatched that again this weekend. So good. 
And it just makes me so angry for Nakamura because you're just like, this guy just has everything and WWE didn't let him <laughs> use any of it. Um, that's great. Man. NXT did. NXT yes, did. yes, they Sorry. did. They did. They yep. did. You're right. Uh, also, Bullet Club AJ Styles was just awesome. So that was that was wonderful. Um, HBK, Triple H, Benoit, Triple Threat, World Title, WrestleMania 20. That's one of my fa- still one of my favorite matches of all time. So it's so good. Again, we I think we've talked about it. we've talked about a, f- a lot of these we've talked about before because they're from WrestleManias. So this is cool. This is cool because like half of the ones you just listed, I thought would be on your list. So I'm excited to see where we go from here. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, but yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, Sting versus Flair, Clash of the Champions one from 1988 up against uh, WrestleMania. I guess that would have been WrestleMania three, I think, um, or four, three or four, 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 WrestleMania four, um, nine, uh, 60 minute draw for the world title. That's the one that put sting on the map. That was his big break and he killed it. And that match is just incredible. So good. I don't have a sting in my top 10. I had wow. two in the honorable. I know I was really mad about that because my wow. top five wrestlers of all time, sting, sting is in that. And, uh, you have Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, Goldberg, and Sting. Those are my top five wrestlers, and unfortunately, I don't have a Sting match in the top ten, but I have the two of those in the honorable mentions. Um, another one, Punk Cena, Money in the Bank, 2011. Just outstanding. One of the best build-ups and crowds and moments of the past ten years. Maybe the best one in WWE anyway. Just outstanding. Everything about it was perfect. Um, that's another one. A couple more. Jeff Hardy, Edge, Triple H, Armageddon 2008. Jeff Hardy's first ever WWE title win. The match itself is, just, is, is fine. That's why it's not in my top 10. But the moment was just mm-hmm. amazing where Jeff Hardy nice. finally won for the first time. Huge deal, especially for me at the time, being my favorite mm-hmm. wrestler. So that was, that was a huge deal. Um, and then my final honorable mention... AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, Triple Threat, Unbreakable, 2005. Ooh. Outstanding. Every match those guys had, they had a, they had a, uh, two or three Triple Threat matches in like a year or so span. But this is the best one by far. It is. Harris, you have to watch this match. It is the perfect way of doing like a high-flying, high-energy Triple Threat match. Like, it's just done to perfection. There's no dull moments. There's no lag. There, Everything makes sense. There, It's all logical progressions. Like, it is just three amazing wrestlers just at their absolute best. And it is... I, I had forgotten. I, I rewatched that one, and I had forgotten just how good that match was. Almost Dude, was that's... in my top ten, but it lost yeah. out to one other match. Wow. Okay, so I'm already glad we're doing this because I am literally, I'm like, I'm making notes because I've heard about this match. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about TNA is, like, I know it was great for a minute, but the general reputation of TNA It was as great a company, for 10 years. Okay. Well, I'm you know, but about. the general reputation of the company now is whenever people talk about a great match or a great moment, they kind of have to say, but no, seriously, every single person I've ever heard talk about this match raves about it. 
So I absolutely, I yeah, I'm adding that to my list of ones to watch. I have to check that out for but sure. You can basically watch any AJ Styles TNA match from the inception of TNA to like 2009 or 10, and they're probably all good. Um, and especially Samoa Joe, because this was during his uh, undefeated run. Although, mm. I mean, technically, he didn't win this triple threat match, but he didn't get pinned, so... They made it seem like he was still undefeated, which I don't think technically yeah. is right, but sure, he didn't get that's, pinned. That's um, Steiner math, baby. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But uh, yeah, that match is just wonderful. Okay, so now that's the honorable mentions out of the way. Woo! <laughs> Good. Now we have the top 10. Yeah, I know. 12 honorable mentions was a little lot, but I, I was able to not talk about any of them too much except for the Hardy one. Okay, speaking of Jeff Hardy, starting at number 10. Jeff Hardy for CM Punk. TLC SummerSlam 2009. Outstanding match for many reasons. One, the match was amazing. Two, the moment was amazing. Great moments in there. You have Jeff Hardy, Swanton Bomb off the 20-foot ladder through the announce table. But also, it was the basically the culmination of one of the greatest wrestling feuds of all time. Jeff Hardy and CM Punk in 2009 is, I mean, is amazing. And we did an episode on this. Back in our very first season, um, the very last episode of our first season, we, me and Harris each picked a wrestling angle that we liked a lot, and this was this was the one I talked about. So I had a whole episode talking about the CM Punk-Jeff Hardy feud from this year. This was when CM Punk first turned heel in WWE. The Straight Edge character came out. Perfect foil for Jeff Hardy's uh, live-for-the-moment character. It, it, was, it was just masterfully done. Like, it w- it's one of the best put together feuds of like two wrestlers and their gimmicks probably ever like just like it either one of them couldn't have worked better with anyone else like they were just match made in heaven and uh that and then that tlc match is just just fantastic i mean i'm sure you've probably seen airs but mm-hmm. it yeah, is because uh, we have you have told me about it a lot <laughs> yeah it is uh it's fantastic great match for the world title <clears throat> Um, and, uh, again, just a lot of big moments, culmination one of the, great feud. One of the best things in wrestling, and I promise I'll keep my commentary pretty light unless I'm super familiar with the match too, but I think one of the best things about wrestling is when you get two characters and you don't even have to write a feud for them because you just know they would hate each other. Yeah. And yes, I think this is perfect. Like the only, the other thing that comes to mind of being like this caliber of like, Oh, we don't have to we don't have to get creative with this. We just need to let these characters as they exist go would be like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Yep. As the two perfect foils. I mean, I can't think of a better example. You're well, you're absolutely hey, right. Nice. That foreshadowing. Um All right. So that's number ten. Number nine. Goldberg, Hollywood Hogan, Monday Nitro, oh. July sixth, nineteen ninety eight. Goldberg wins the world title for the first time in the Georgia <laughs> Dome. Love it. Does not get any big that that's the biggest moment in WCW history other than Hogan yep. turning to the NWO. Like it's not even a question. Like it is. It's the biggest match, you know, it, it's just it is. You have Hogan turning the biggest heel moment, Goldberg winning the title, the biggest babyface moment in WCW history. And it took place in the Georgia Dome. My dad was there. Had to oh. hear about that all the time. Still kind of ticks me off. I wish he had taken me as a three-year-old, but didn't, which I'm 
kind of peeved about, but doesn't matter. It had to have something Goldberg on here. Again, I was disappointed I didn't put a sting in my top 10, but unfortunately it couldn't be helped. But uh, yeah, I mean, I knew about this match as long as I can remember because Goldberg is probably the first memory I have of any wrestler ever. Um, the first autograph I have that I know of was of uh, autographed Goldberg picture, which I have hanging up here on the wall right there. Oh, that's awesome. Which uh, my dad got because he went to an autograph signing at one point, and then at some point they had to cut off the line or cut it short or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, my dad ended up finding a an address or something to send send to Goldberg, and then uh, he sent him uh, two autographed pictures. So my dad has one, and then I have one, and it's it's a uh, it's personalized too. It says to Mark Junior. So. That was I've had that for as long as I can remember as well. That's but anyway. really cool. But I watched that again. The like obviously it's a Goldberg match. The match is like I don't know what nine ten minutes long. It's the longest Goldberg match at the time. Um, it was the longest Goldberg match ever. Yeah. Well, not only is it a Goldberg match, it's a Goldberg Hulk Hogan right. match. It's not a Goldberg DDP match. Right. You where, know? where Hogan is like the worker out of the right. Team. Right. It's it's so very we're in trouble. It's really funny to would... watch. But but right. but but all of that saying, the match is is really good. Like because for yeah. what this is, it is perfectly paced, perfectly done. You give the first kind of obstacle for Goldberg because it's the champion. So of course it would be the yeah. first time he kind of runs into trouble. And then you have some inter- you have Kurt Henning come out when it's not going well. And then, nope, here comes DDP and Carl Malone. Carl Malone, D- uh, Diamond Cutters, Kurt Henning, crowd goes nuts. Hogan goes crazy as that's happening. Goldberg's sitting over there in the corner, spears the ever-living crap out of Hogan, and then freaking lifts him up. The crowd is unglued, and then jackhammers him, and then wins. And it's probably the biggest, cr- it might be the biggest crowd reaction in wrestling history. Like, it is, it, it is just amazing. Because you have the the Atlanta, the hometown guy, yep. University of Georgia, Atlanta Falcons player, Goldberg, the biggest character in all of the sport at the moment. And in Atlanta, the biggest wrestling crowd, I think, for like a weekly show ever. I think yeah. it was like 50 plus thousand people in the Georgia yeah. Dome. Yeah. And it's just match made in heaven. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, here's that. It is awesome. That's a great shout. And I... Yeah, I'm not surprised this is on your list at all. Two things that I love about this match that I think about a lot, and some of this, don't get me wrong, is my own, like, you were raised on WCW. I learned a lot about WCW, like, 20 years after they collapsed, and a lot of that is, like, (laughs) WWE-produced stuff, right? Right. So I understand I'm biased. But the general vibe you get about Hulk Hogan is, like, oh, he was a selfish guy. He doesn't like to put people over. And like, yeah, he was really big for a while in the 80s, but he also like really hurt a lot of companies with his own selfishness and his own like lack of work rate. And of WCW, it's a similar criticism. Like they didn't put young up and coming talent over. It was kind of an old boys club, Hogan and his friends running roughshod over everybody. And that's why it collapsed or whatever. I'm not trying to relitigate all that right now. I'm just saying. This is one of the best examples of the times where both of those two parties got it absolutely right and knocked it out of the park. Hulk Hogan, like, it's very easy to criticize him now for, like, some of the, you know, crummy 
business practices and scumbag things he's done since like the height of his career in the eighties or whatever. But he has these moments. And if you won't talk about other ones, I will, where you understand why he is such a big deal. And he is an icon of pro wrestling. And this is one of them because as frustrating as it is to watch him just roll over everyone. And for the NWO to roll over everyone, he is the biggest, baddest villain in wrestling on the planet at this time in this match. And he knows exactly what to do and when to do it. And he puts on a great show because he is such a blank. You know what I mean? Yep. He crushes it. Like you can't have this moment without Hulk Hogan being an a-hole for nope. months leading up until this point. No, because that's the thing. NWO was literally ruling everything for a year and a half. Like yeah. straight, like with yeah. almost no let up. You had a couple things, you you know, you had Sting at Starcade '97. Like there, there was a few moments, but not you know. It then was right back with Hogan. Like I don't know, the next night or something. So right. Well, it, and how did that end? It was a it was a mess of a finish. Yes, we haven't talked was. about that, but it is. Yes, but it this, was. Yes, well. Hulk Hogan knew what his job was, and he did it, which is he went out there and he made Bill Goldberg look like a million bucks. Yep, and he got annihilated. Yep. Which is the best thing any heel can do is just get their ass beat. It's awesome. It really is. That's a great choice. It is. It's wonderful. It's just wrestling at its absolute finest. Like, it doesn't get better than that. Um, all right. Number eight, staying in WCW. Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc, 1997. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were about to say for the custody of Dominic. I was oh. like, whoa. <laughs> Like okay, no, Weird. no, no. Okay, no, hey, that makes no, more that, sense. That match was all well and great. We've talked about that yeah. enough. But uh, no, no, no. WCW, oh, Halloween okay. Havoc, ninety-seven. This will be on many people's list of greatest matches of all time. And this is just, it's awesome. I mean, Rey Mysterio was one of my absolute favorites as a kid because he was tiny and could do moves that no one else had even thought of before. Or mm-hmm. much less thought of how to physically do them. That's the thing. Rey Mysterio, I think it's just because he's still around. But I feel like people have kind of forgotten how good Rey Mysterio was. Like, he literally in, just invented a whole thing. I mean, I know he didn't. But in as far as mainstream goes, he basically mm-hmm. invented high, modern high-flying wrestling. Basically by himself. Because he was the first big, big, like, you know, Luchador star in, in, in America, at least, at least in the modern age of wrestling. And, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. But this match is just perfect because it's Eddie Guerrero. I mean, it's Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest of all time, and Rey Mysterio, one of the greatest of all time, both at their absolute peak in, in WCW, in the best year of WCW. For the Cruiserweight title, Eddie Guerrero just peak heel has the greatest mullet in the history of wrestling at this time, and just it is shredded, is big, probably too big for the cruiserweight division as half of them were. But again, wrestling was different yeah. at the time; everything was bigger. Um, against tiny little Rey Mysterio, it's for Rey Mysterio's mask. Like if he, if Rey Mysterio loses, he has to unmask. If Eddie Guerrero loses, you know he loses the title. So the stakes couldn't be higher, and it, they just put on one of the greatest high flying matches of all time where Rey Mysterio is doing all the high flying because he's the baby face 
and Eddie Guerrero is grounding him every chance he gets in the heelish ways possible. Eddie Guerrero is most one of the most hateable wrestlers ever when he was a, when he was a heel. Like even when you respect him, you're just like, nope. I want to see him get destroyed. I just don't. I don't like. I don't like his face. Like he just such, he, he was so good at that. It's so hard. That's how you can tell like a good heel from a great heel because a great heel is somebody who you love. And they make you hate them anyway. Yep. That's yep. very hard to pull off. Yes. Yes, it is. And Eddie did it to perfection. I mean, many. I mean, his whole career half the time. But yeah. this, this is just at his best. And it's awesome. Harris, if you haven't watched this match at this point, this match by this point, you you you, you need to. You have been cheating yourself big time okay. with this. Because cool. it is, uh, it is, it's so good. All right. So that's, that's number eight. On my top 10. Number seven, we are going back into the strange world of TNA wrestling. Woo! AJ Styles versus Abyss, Lockdown 2005, inside of the Six Sides of Steel. Again, for a while, I had that triple threat match in there, which is probably is, is the better match, but I have much bigger memories of this match than that one. This one, I've never forgotten since watching it, because there... It's it's just it's awesome. Um, th- this AJ Styles was so good. I mean, his legs were made of like rubber. Like it's just it's insane the type of f- physical things AJ Styles was able to do and still can do most of them. But um, this match starts. They come out. It's it's for it's uh it's the main event of the pay per view. It's for the number one contendership for the title. And uh, AJ comes out first, has his entrance, is in the ring. Abyss comes out next, and as Abyss is about to get like go into the ring. AJ Styles just dives straight out of the cage, like before the door gets shut, right onto Abyss, and they start the match outside the cage. And they wrestle for a good ten minutes outside of the cage before they even get in for the match to officially start. And there are so many unique spots that I've never seen before. Like Abyss Irish whips AJ Styles towards the guardrail. AJ Styles slides underneath the guardrail. Like, it's one of the smoothest things I've ever seen. Then jumps up on the guardrail, jumps off with the phenomenal forearm onto him. It's just, like, all in one motion. It's amazing. Uh, he does one thing where they, they're fighting in the crowd at one point in the impact zone. And Abyss goes to throw AJ Styles, like, against uh, some steps or something. AJ Styles, like, jumps off of it, kind of jumps into the crowd, gets on a little platform, jumps over four rows of fans onto Abyss with, an, uh, with another forearm. Like, wow. It's amazing looking. Um, and then we have one of the funniest moments ever. I mean, it's awesome, but also hilarious where they're about to get back into the ring or into the cage finally. And AJ's, you know, going towards the door and Abyss just grabs the door and slams it in AJ's back and knocks AJ to his knees. And then Abyss slams it again into AJ Styles face and AJ sells it like death. Like, it takes him off of his feet, just straight onto the ground. And the announcers, it's Mike Denae and Don West, and it's one of the funniest announcing spots. Like, they're just so, so, the yell, this this loud scream from Mike Denae, and they're just so horrified. It's, it's so, they don't even know what to say. It's, it's hilarious, but it looks amazing. And it's one of the best head hits I've ever seen in wrestling, where you think AJ Styles is dead. You're like, he, he he's dead. He's dead. He got hit with the bottom part of the cage, and it took him completely off his feet. Like, he's dead. Comes up. Cut. Of course, 
head bloody. They finally get into the ring. AJ, or, um, Abyss brings in his chain, also brings in a bag of thumbtacks, so you know it's going to be rough. And then they have like another 15-minute match inside the cage. And uh, you have thumbtacks. AJ Styles hits Abyss with a Styles Clash into the thumbtacks. Um, AJ Styles goes to the top of the cage. And this is the old TNA cage where it's literally a chain link fence. Like there's no platform on the top. Like imagine standing on the top of a chain link fence. That's mm. what it was. It gets knocked off. Is like hanging off the end. Abyss is hanging and like grabs the chain around his neck and is hanging him Whoa. from the top of the cage. Like it, it it's then it, it, it's great. But AJ Styles pulls out the wind, does like a big sunset flip, power bombs Abyss all the way like from the top of the cage back into the ring and uh, and gets the win. It is. Uh, it, but it's awesome. There's just so many like moments that are just burned into my mind that were just amazing from that match that it is uh, fantastic. It's one, Sweet. it's one that's impossible to forget. All right. Now we go to the most recent one on the list. Okay. Cody versus Wardlow, AEW, Inside a Steel Cage, February of this year, because it was in Atlanta, and I was there mm. live. AEW mm. finally came to Atlanta for the first time. Don't care. It, Cody Rhodes jumped up, backflipped off the top of the cage, and it was one of the greatest things ever. Don't care. Don't care anything yeah. else. Doesn't matter. I, I, I was surprised you said that until I like I realized it was the one in Atlanta with the cage that you were at. You know, I couldn't go to that because I had to work because it was February in taxes. <laughs> if I had known that I would know. be like my last chance to go to a wrestling show for a while, I probably would have gone. <laughs> you should have. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, they'll be back like later this summer. Nope. No, they won't. Yep. Whoops. Oh, well, I still haven't been to an AEW show. That's a great choice. I was watching at, on my phone at my yep. desk, and it was awesome. It was amazing. Like, you know, the match was what it was. It was Wardlow right. beating up Cody, gets color. Like, you know, because he, he had to win to face MJF. You have MJF on the outside just being a total douchebag. It was yep. it was great. You have the spot with Arn, and MJF is trying to, con- like, to convince Arn to smash Cody with the cage door. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. then Arn just kind of paused for a second, and then just destroys mjf with the door instead like it was awesome everything about it was great um but anyway that was mostly because i was there but no that's fair there's something to be said i think for like great tv matches because there's an art to you know, like big pay-per-view moments happen and you know should happen if you're any good at your job as a right. wrestling company but like there's something really special about a tv show where like they pull out all the stops for free tv Twice in Atlanta, actually. Yep. Nitro and this episode, which yep. is great. Like I'm it's saying. Part of why you picked them. Yep. It, there's a whole nother level of energy because you know the crowd like knows that they're lucky to be there and knows this is a different night. Like It's the most cliche thing in the world for the heel to come out at some point and be like, is that what you want to see? You want to see the good guy fight me right here, right now? And the crowd goes, yay. And they go, well, that's never going to happen. Yep. That's the that's the most classic thing in the world. But when they do it, like the one out of every hundred nights that they do it, it's somehow like even more special than a huge pay-per-view mm-hmm. because, you know, you're lucky to get it. And that that's a great example, because when you said it, I was like, really? But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no. Yeah. If I were there for that, that would probably be on my list. too. And it's the only cage match they've had to this point. Still the Heck only yeah. one. Heck yeah. Good. Keep yeah. it that way. It was it was it was great. Anyway, 
there's there's a couple more Atlanta things on this list, but um, those are the two two. Let me see two one two three four. Okay, four four total Atlanta things for uh, my top ten. Um, all right, number five, Hardys versus the Dudleys versus Edge and Christian triangle ladder match WrestleMania two thousand. Yes, dude. There's not much more to say. This was probably the most influential match for my entire childhood of wrestling, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, this was the match I definitely emulated more or tried to more than any other single match for good or bad. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know of how much more there is to say about this. It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's the way you do an insane spot fest death match, basically. And it's carnage. It is. It's, it's insane. There's no psychology. There's no anything. It's just a million miles an hour. Everyone doing the most insane things. And it, it just, it works. It works. Boy, does it. There's something. I'm going to talk about this a lot when I talk about my list. There's a fun calculus that you do when, like, in college when I was getting into wrestling and I had, like, four roommates you try to show people if you're trying to show people wrestling and like why you like it, you try to find matches that they can get into without having to know like easily digestible matches. Yes. Easily digestible and also convey like, Hey, we know this isn't like a UFC cage fight, but this is serious stuff. These but guys this is not one fake. Another. Basically right. for the people who are like wrestling's fake. You're like, oh, okay, come over here for a second. <laughs> Right. Watch Jeff Hardy jump off this ladder and land on his yeah. tailbone on the concrete. Exactly. So this is <laughs> that's my way of saying this is one of the matches that if somebody's like, wait, you know, it's over. I'm like, sit down. Yes. And I, I'll pull. This is one of the ones that I will pull up mm-hmm. because it is. It's a total spot fest, but it is pure carnage in the best sense of the word. Eight, at one point, Jeff Hardy does a 450 splash that I believe Bubba moves out of the way and he lands on the ladder. Now, if you think about that, 450 splash, there is no like softening of a blow or like slowing down momentum. Like you have to flip yep. really fast. Yep. And he just hits it like a hundred miles an hour, just straight onto a ladder. And you're like, why? Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Which is Jeff Hardy's whole career. Every time he yeah. does something, you're like, just stop. Stop. Those are great. Those are great matches when you're like, please don't, please yeah. don't. <laughs> Jeff Hardy is the king of that, and yeah, he uh, is. Why he's my favorite wrestler. Um. Anyway, so that was that's that's just awesome. There's not a whole lot to to dig into with that match. It just just is what it is, and it's 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 the way you do it. It's the way you do it. All right, shifting gears a lot for uh for the top four. We we don't have anything like that for the top four matches. Number four, Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada, Dominion, 2018, the IWGP Championship, best two out of three falls. Every one of their matches is amazing. Every one of them potentially could be on a top ten list, but this is the best one, I think, by far. The one that Kenny finally won. This match is just perfect, Harris. I, I watched this match and I was like, I, I-, I think I might have seen the greatest wrestling match of all time. Like, it is just... Two, you have the two best in the world at the time, maybe still the two best in the world, at the absolute top of their game for the biggest prize on the biggest stage. 
and or well i guess not the biggest stage because it wasn't wrestle kingdom but one of the biggest stages and then just absolutely knock it out of the park like i kazuchika okada every time i've watched him has never failed to just absolutely mesmerize me like that guy is so good everyone talks about kenny omega and i don't think that's fair because i think okada is better i think okada is better than omega and I think he was better in all of their matches than, than Omega was. Now, not wow. by a lot, because Omega's freaking amazing, but the aura that Okada has is unmatched by anyone else in the sport of wrestling. No one else has that aura that he does. When he comes out, he doesn't have to say anything, doesn't have to do anything. You're just like, this is the biggest star in the world. Every time he makes an entrance on like a big stage, even if he's yeah. not the champion, you're still just like, this, this, is, this is the guy. And when's the last time you've been like, there's been someone who just walking out with no backstory of them at all. You're just like, this is the guy. Maybe Undertaker. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know who else. I mean, you're not, you're not going to like this answer, but I mean it sincerely. Somebody who doesn't watch wrestling and watches John Cena come to the ring understands instantly that he's the guy. Yeah. But and I mean yeah, that like yeah. and I know you know like it's not as cool or whatever and sure, I agree sure. with you like it's I I think the new Japan style is much easier for like adults to get into and John Cena is more of like the kid variety but right. I think it's that same level of energy but I say that like John Cena is one of the most charismatic like obviously the guy people in wrestling history so that's not to sure. take away from what you're saying at all I completely agree with you yeah it's it's something to behold. There's a real art to being able to convey that without needing a story or needing to say a word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So no, then that, that's, that's the best example of that. It's the best. It's it's just one of the best matches in wrestling history and it deserves all the praise that it gets from everyone. Um, all right. So that's there now going the old school route for this one. Starcade. 1985, in Omni, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Harris, this match, if I was going to tell anyone who wanted to understand, like, old school wrestling, it's 100% this match. It is Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, at the absolute peak of everything, on the biggest stage, for the biggest title, and Dusty gets the win... I think it was his second time winning the title. He only won the title three times. Isn't that crazy? Dusty Rhodes was only world champion three times in his entire career. It is, career. but I I believe it. That's, yeah. Both of those things are true at once, you yep. know? And uh, I think this was his second win. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty oh. sure it was. And um, it is, th- again, it's, th- they do one, there's one suplex, Harris. In the whole match. <laughs> One. And it happens like halfway through the match. That's incredible. <laughs> it's all headlocks, you know, That's chops, awesome. uh, takeovers, submission holds. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much, you know, uh, you know, there's a handful of body slams. But that's pretty much it. It's working both legs because Dusty had a, br- the, the horseman broke Dusty's leg. Like a few months before that he's still dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then when Flair starts to do that, he thinks to turn the table. And so he starts to to go after Flair's leg. So the whole match is then both trying wow. to one up their hurt legs. 
and it is just it's just it it's a clinic. It literally is wow. just a wrestling clinic. And um it's the two two of the best of all time. Like you were saying, again, you mentioned it earlier, a feud that just writes itself and you didn't need to do anything because you have, here's the blue collar, working man, big, tubby, lovable, greatest talker ever. Son of a ever. plumber, if you will. Right. Yeah, you could even say son, son of a plumber. And then you have the just most despicable person probably in the history of wrestling, the golden boy, the dyed blonde hair, the jets, the robes. The champion, the four horsemen, cheats every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. And again, I get worried when Ric Flair like leaves the ring and goes kind of near the crowd. I'm like, he might get killed. Like, just like be careful, Rick. <laughs> like, yeah. like you don't get that. You you don't get that anymore. That doesn't exist. It just it just doesn't. Um, th- there's there's you know every now and then you get a taste of it like right now mjf is probably the closest thing in wrestling right now to anyone with any sort of real heat but even still we all are like well yeah we hate him but you know it's it's the character still this was not the case with rick flair it was not oh that's the character it's like no this guy literally cheated our favorite and we want to kill you and um anyway just this 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 match is incredible it's one of my all-time favorite matches and okay, now just... tell me, is this on the network? Or oh, yeah. Have yeah, to of course. Dig? Okay, sweet. All the Starcades. Seen... All the Starcades are on the Sick. network. Okay. I've seen one or two of their matches before, and I like I love that old school energy and how very, very real it is, because Dusty Rhodes really is one of them, and Ric Flair really is the scum of the earth, like all of that. I don't think I've seen this specific one, so I'm yeah. gonna have to make a point to go watch that. Because you're all... right, it sounds awesome. It also was in Atlanta. During that, right. this, this, this Starcade would took place in two locations. I think sh- I forgot where the other location was. Maybe Chicago. I don't remember. But there was two locations, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of the greatest wrestling shows of all time because you have this, you have the Rock and Roll Express winning the tag titles against the Koloffs. You have um, Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard and the I Quit match in the cage. Like it, this, this is a great. This is a freaking awesome show. And you have you know like a twenty five year old Tony Schiavone announcing it with Bob Cottle. And I will say this, this match is one of the worst announced matches I've ever seen because they never talk. They, they never talk. It's just silent almost the whole time. And there's a few times when I'm like, all right, they just hit the ref there. That's why he was, you needed to mention that guys. Like you should mention, that's why this happened. And then they're like, I don't know what happened. Why wasn't the ref looking? I was like, well, he just punched him in the face by accident. Like there was a handful of those moments. So, Sorry, Tony. As much as I love you, it, it could have been better. But this was early, Tony Schiavone. You know, this was early, yeah. the, the the early years. But um, yeah, no. They, and, and of course, on top of everything else, Dusty, you know, wins for which never happened. And so that was that was obviously a huge deal as well. You get some horseman interference at the end. Like it just it has everything, everything you're looking for in a Dusty and a match. The other thing about it, hand one more thing about it. There's mm-hmm. no pop. Because the crowd never stops from before the <laughs> bell rings to the end. Like, there's no room for a pop because it's at 100 the whole time. Like, That's it's incredible. Awesome. Like, it's I, it's it's one of the most consistently loud crowds uh, ever, I, I think, in any major That's wrestling awesome. show. Anyway, so that's, I, number, that's number three. I love that this is basically... 
I don't want to say the prototype, but like one of the earliest documented examples of the exact same kind of match that we talked about with Hogan and Goldberg, where you have the hot, but not baby a, not face. not really, because because no, well, not Dusty, in terms of Dusty was a long time veteran at this point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just talking about you know the the pure babyface versus established dirtbag heel. Yeah. The babyface never wins. Like you said, Dusty only won three times. I mean, they call it when you have the babyface almost win and then have an excuse to steal the title from them the next night. Yep. That's literally called the Dusty finish. Like, it, it, it doesn't happen that much. And as frustrating as that can be to watch someone like Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan win over and over and over and over and over again. Man, that those three times they pull the trigger, it's it's incredible. Yep. Yep. Done to absolute perfection. So yeah, this match is awesome. Just slow, methodical, but it feels like a, it feels like a fight. Like it feels like an actual yeah. like where they're trying to like, all right, this isn't working. I need to try this. Like yeah. it's just the perfect example of an old school match just done done to perfection. All right. So that's number three. Number two. WrestleMania twenty seven. Undertaker, Triple H in Atlanta. The one WrestleMania ever in Atlanta. Greatest match I've ever seen live. It's, it's incredible. And it's incredible for for many reasons. One, because, I mean, as much as I hate Triple H, he's very good. And uh, Undertaker's very good. The build-up to this made a lot of sense. You know, because also, this is coming off of the two Shawn Michaels matches. So, yeah. you're like, alright, well, how in the world, where are they going to go? What What could they possibly do? And uh, it made a lot of sense. Triple H is like, I've done everything. I haven't beaten Undertaker, so I'm going to do that because I've done everything. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Undertaker's like, nope, you won't. And uh, so that was a build-up to the match. Comes out, it's a no-holds-barred. They wrestle all over the place. They uh, break through announce tables, use chairs, smash into barricades, do all that crap. And, um, the, but the biggest reason why this is up there, not just cause I was there, but it, it's for one moment, Harris, it's because they 100% made every single person believe the streak was over, which I don't think had happened at that point, maybe ever, at least not to this level. But when Triple H hits Undertaker, like, f- I don't know, five times with the chair yep. p- has pedigreed him three times at this point. And then hits him in the face with a chair. Which again, no headshots had been in WWE for a long time at this point. And mm-hmm. just Triple H just straight up headshots Undertaker with the chair. And then is like, alright, it's done. Does the throat slash, picks up the Undertaker, tombstones the Undertaker, and then crosses his arms. And you're like, it's, it's actually over now. And... It's because it's Triple H. You're like, Triple H would definitely put himself over The Undertaker. Like Same thing, right? Like this Same would, this would 100% matches. happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this would happen. Like, Triple H is that guy who 100% would do this. Like, I, I am sold. I'm At this point, everything's been built up. This is going to happen. And then Undertaker kicks out at two and a half. And you're like, holy crap, he's going to win. Like, it was it was the greatest moment I've ever experienced. I don't know if there'll be a, a cooler one and it was just so well crafted. I'll give triple H all the credit in the world. It was so well done. It, it was, it was amazing. Undertaker 
locks or then triple h goes over to get his sledgehammer because he's like all right well nothing has worked mm-hmm. undertaker grabs him in hell's gate holds him in it for like three minutes straight and yeah. makes triple h tap it's 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 incredible it's incredible i probably won't ever see a better match live in my lifetime yeah i can't imagine i think it we probably won't have a list of this maybe we will if we do this show long enough the undertaker and triple h at 27 and 28 have what have two of what i think are the best kickouts in wrestling history for the exact reason you just described which is like oh yeah well triple h would win this match right just like hulk hogan would find a way to win this match and rick flair would find a way to steal this match I, I love when people talk about, oh, you know, wrestling's fake, right? Because, like, the best moments, like the moments in the matches that we're both going to talk about are the ones where you know it's fake and they still get you to believe anyway. Yep. Because they work just enough of that real-life storytelling in where you're like, yeah, Triple H would put himself over The Undertaker because he's an ass, right. you know? Like, he totally would. And as frustrating as that can be, as annoying as his, you know, super long heel championship reigns are, for moments like that, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I remember we we're sitting up there. We were in the front row of the club level at the Georgia wow. dome at fi- like at the 50 yard line. So we're like right in the middle. We had good wow. seats for WrestleMania. And, um, I remember me and my dad just both like looked at it at each other and we're like, Oh my gosh, the streak's over. And then kicked down. It was like, ah, it's not screw you. Triple H. Like it was, it was yeah. fantastic. Fantastic. It was awesome. And it's a, a testament to Triple H and what a great heel he is that is. they could do that two years in a row. In two years in a row, you're like, oh, well, this time he's going to be the one. Both times. Yeah, but personally, I, I did not care about the next year. Well, did... that's because you had already seen this live and nothing yep. was ever going to top that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes. The other one I felt was too gimmicky. Like, this one wasn't. There was zero gimmicks in this. It was a wrestling was no match. Gimmicky. It was just straight I, I, up I brutal that beat the crap out of each other. I mean, selling everything. Two guys can barely move. Undertaker couldn't move. He had to be carted off afterwards. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was just, everything about it was just, it was awesome. It was fantastic. I don't think it gets enough credit, because all the credit goes to the Shawn Michaels one from, from 2000, yeah. with 25, which which is perfectly fair. Like, I totally get it. It was one of, one of the greatest matches ever, but I, I don't think this one quite gets enough credit. I, like, this one should be at least close, I think. That's to, fair. Uh, That's fair. To, to those other ones, but uh, but for me it's up what? there because I was there. But um, didn't he make his ring entrance to a Johnny Cash song? He did. Too? Yep. Ain't no grave. Oh, it's awesome, <laughs> man. It was awesome. But you can't do you can't watch it on you can't the see network. It on the network, yeah, because they're cheapskates. And uh, yep. Triple H came out to for whom the bell tolls as well. So what you what you do? Uh, go into Google, type in Undertaker versus Triple H WrestleMania 27. First thing that pops up, Daily Motion, watch that one because that's the pay-per-view feed of it, and you do get to watch it with those entrances with the actual music. So just just if you do want to see him come out to Ain't No Grave, which is like the most bone-chilling thing ever, it is, uh, it's yeah. worth it. It's worth yeah. it. I, I do that. I watch the entrances, and then I go back to the network to watch it in better, the match in better quality. Right. Um, all right. So now we've come to it. Number one match of all time. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, 60-minute Iron Man match, WrestleMania 12 for the WWF Championship. It's the greatest match of all time, Harris. I don't care what anyone says. It's the greatest wrestling match of all time. Everything. Th- this was the first This was the first memory I have of, like, uh, like 
okay, this is the best wrestling. Like I, when I was first getting into wrestling, I remember being showed this, shown this match and it was like, oh, oh, so this is the best. Like, so this is, this is the best of wrestling. Like that, that's what, this is what that means. Like that, that was the first kind of that, that kind of moment. And, uh, and I, I think, I think it is, I mean, uh, you have two of the greatest ever with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. And again, this is babyface, babyface. Like Bret yeah. Hart was, was a babyface. He was a babyface champion at the time. And Shawn Michaels was, was, uh, definitely, this was when he was slowly kind of going into a babyface run, but he was mostly a heel. Like Shawn Michaels was kind of always a heel at this mm-hmm. point. So this is kind of the first time that was being shifted. And, um, uh, I don't know what there's not much else you can really say about it. Just an hour long struggle, just paced out perfectly. Like you can see all the different segments of the storytelling throughout the hour and uh, ends in a tie, which means in every, you know, in the rules of the Iron Man match, a tie, it's like anything else. All right. Well, then Bret Hart's still the champion. And uh, yeah. the ending is awesome because Shawn Michaels is literally in a sharpshooter for like a minute and a half, like straight. Like just straight, you just see the time counting down, and if he taps, it's over because there's not going to be enough time to get another another fall at this point. So it is just the most insane finish to a match. Then you have uh, I forgot his name. Whoever was a Gorilla Monsoon. I don't remember who was the commissioner at the time, but um comes down is like, nope, we're restarting this match. I think it was Gorilla, and. Yeah. Uh, Nope, there has to be a winner. Sudden death, which me and my dad always laugh at that. We're like, oh, so regular wrestling match. Because every wrestling match is sudden death, pretty much. <laughs> right, well, it's... I mean, this is the... Th- it was zero zero, right? right. Like, there yeah. was no... Yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. See, this is one of the, like, the rare instances where... You know that the term Chekhov's gun, like, if you're going to put a gun up on the stage during a play... Yep. At some point it needs to go off or you're just wasting everyone's time. People say that about wrestling matches, you know, with the different stipulations. And I think this is the best example of, no, you don't have to. You don't have to have an Iron Man match that's five to six. You don't have to do that. Nope. Just let it breathe. Yep. Yep. And uh, and then they come out and Shawn Michaels ends up hitting the sweet chin music, falling over, getting the pin, winning his first ever championship. Boyhood dreams come true. It's just, it's, oh yeah. And I didn't even talk about the greatest entrance in the history of wrestling. Shawn Michaels comes ziplining down from the roof of the, uh, the, uh, whatever the, the arena is in Anaheim, whatever that was. That's the greatest entrance of all time. I don't care what anyone else says. This is also kind of before big entrances, like kind of right when that was kind of just starting. It's awesome. Jose Lothario, his manager, comes out. Little old guy comes walking out for his entrance music. You're like, what's going on? Jerry Lawler's like, he's going to wrestle instead. He chickened <laughs> out. He's <laughs> <sent> his manager. <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden, he just gets up there, just points to the corner. Like, oh, yeah, the music stops. Everyone's like, what? He just goes up there, points to the corner. Spotlight comes in. Music hits again. Shawn Michaels just gyrating on the top. And then just whoosh. Oh, it's awesome. It is awesome. And I then feel it, like this... Sorry, go ahead. I didn't well, I was just saying, and then then just the ending with again, like a lot of other things that you know, for, first title win, big big baby face moment, crowd going crazy. It's just it's just the perf. It's just awesome. It's just it's perfect. I, I know a lot of these things are as old as time, but a lot of the things in this match sound like things that were like 
this is such not only is this a great match like obviously because i know this was obviously your number one wrestlemania match too because it's your number one match of all time right not only is this an incredible match and an incredible moment but it's also such a trailblazer for things that like I've seen a lot in wrestling and kind of take for granted. Like, oh, we're going to have an Iron Man match. But like I said, most of the Iron Man matches you watch, even the all-time classics are like a couple falls to a couple falls. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. it takes real it takes real maturity and real faith in your workers. This is from WWE, the company that's known as like the sports entertainment one, whereas the NWA or WCW was the real wrestling one. But WC, WWE, rather, is the one who says – no, 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 we don't need to have a – just let them, let them cook because you know that that zero to zero at the end will mean a lot more. Like the, the restraint that that takes but the exponentially better effect it has on the story. Like even the, spe- the special entrances, right? Like you said, they didn't do that a lot back then. No. That's a – that would become more and more and more commonplace. The, oh, we're tied at the end so I guess that's it. That fake and then the no, 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 we're putting time back on that clock like that fake out. I mean, I'm you know, people have done stuff like that before, obviously, yeah. but it's the perfect combination of all of these things that like it's easy for me who's been watching wrestling for like six years now, but, you know, got into the game pretty late. It's easy for me to take all that stuff for granted. And this is still a great match. And I can't imagine all of these stars aligning in all these different ways that early in the game you know what i mean i mean it really is it's like two of the best of all time at the at the show for the title it just all comes together perfectly and it's so rare that that happens in wrestling even if you have the stars and the title well the match when it happens it's on my top 10 list (laughs) yeah 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 i mean that's 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 how rare it happens yeah and uh, and i'm sure there'll be some on yours so but uh yeah, that is um it's just it's it's great. But now the one problem though is this was the first Iron Man match I ever saw. So now it's like, well, it's not as good as that one. How come it's not 0-0? Zero, zero? Like <laughs> So that was the one thing. It kind of kind of wrecked Iron Man matches for for a while there. Where I was yeah. like, this is weird. They they're not doing this right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's even even like the the timing of the finish and like the eye on the clock like you is he going to tap or is he not before the clock runs out? Like now in every match with a time stipulation, you see that done yep. to the point where you just take it for granted. And it's just become like another kick out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. It, that's a great choice, man. What I love about this is like thinking about this and talking about this has given me like made me think of other matches I want to put on my list and it's not these matches. Yeah. That's really exciting. I'm going to have some fun this week. Yeah, but it was it was tough cuz I was trying I was trying to space things out. I was like, "All right, I got to get pretty much all my favorite wrestlers in here." I that Sting was the only one I couldn't fit into there which yeah. I was getting yeah. very bummed about. But um but but yeah, so I was trying to, you know, diff- different things, different different types of matches, you know, a couple of them that I was at, stuff like that. But um but yeah, so top 10, 10 Jeff Hardy CM Punk SummerSlam uh, TLC match 2009. Uh number 9 Goldberg Hogan for the title Nitro Georgia Dome. Number 8 Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero Halloween Havoc 97. Number seven, AJ Styles, Abyss, Lockdown, 2005, Inside the Cage. Number six, Cody Wardlow, 
AEW uh, Dynamite inside the cage. Number five, Hardy's Dudley's Edge and Christian Triangle Ladder Match WrestleMania 20. Number four, Omega Okada Dominion 2018. Number three, Flair Dusty Starcade 85. Number two, Undertaker Triple H WrestleMania 27. The number one, Shawn Michaels Bret Hart WrestleMania 12. So that's the uh, that's top ten list, Harris. Excellent, excellent. Yep, well that was fun. We'll do it again next week because it's Harris's turn to be on the hot seat and uh, go through all of this and watch like seven hours straight of of wrestling matches, which was not a bad thing because it's all good wrestling matches. <laughs> yeah, dude, this was this is a blast and it's fun to listen to. And I'm really excited to one, watch all of the matches you just told me, but then also to rewatch like the 15 or so that I have in mind. Yeah. I'm curious. Cause I have abs- like, I have a very, I have like a few where I'm like, okay, these are going to be yep. in his top 10, but it's like, you know, two or three. Like I have, yeah. be- again, because you're so new to wrestling, I don't know the extent of a lot of the wrestling that you've watched necessarily. I mean, I know some, but not <clears throat> right. quite. So I don't know. Like there's certain eras and certain things where I'm like, is he going to pick something from there? Has he even seen enough stuff from there? Like I have yeah. no idea. So I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to be very interested in, in finding out your top 10, very different. Uh, that's the, that's the cool thing about this. Very different perspectives. Yeah. Both me and Harris's knowledge of wrestling. You have a newcomer to wrestling and then someone who's been, it's pretty much always been around. So I think that works out perfectly. Yeah, and I, I will tell you now, I think the back half of the 2000s is going to be like disproportionately represented here. Because, I right. mean, like a lot of things on your list, or at least a couple, are like you were there live when it happened. And that will forever color how you see these things. Right. That's going to be a lot of that for me as I remember watching this live and thinking there's no way that this person will do this or whatever. So yep. that's definitely going to happen. There's not going to be a whole lot of like cult classics from the, you know – nwa on there sorry yeah it's it's great but uh there will be a lot of actual cult classics in the sense that like nobody has them on their list of top 10 <laughs> matches i'm pretty excited about that to be honest with you yeah. yeah it'll be good i was a little disappointed to be honest because i part of me was like man i don't have any like takeover matches on there or any nxt matches on there you, and buddy. i was like i got you i got you but but the problem <laughs> was i couldn't like narrow anything down anytime yeah. i would think about it, i was just thinking of like whole shows or like the whole feuds and stuff and i was like nothing i couldn't get enough like individual things like coming out because it was just so good for so many years in there where like everything was good so it was like hard to pull individual things out because they were just banging on all cylinders but um that's a fair point yeah i'll leave all i'll leave all the takeover matches for you and your uh your top 10 anyway so that'll that'll work out but uh but yeah so this was fun that was um that was our episode for this week uh make sure and follow us on twitter at behind underscore gorilla and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So listen, obviously, give us your top 10. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. We, we, we need to know your top 10. Um, also, follow us on Instagram. Same handle, at behind underscore gorilla. Um, all right. Yeah, so next week it'll be Harris's turn for a top 10 of his all-time favorite matches. And then and after that, uh, we should be able to get back into uh, – regular terrible wrestling scheduled programming so that'll be 
that'll be fun. And uh, yeah, I got nothing else. You got any any final thoughts, Harris? Oh, just that it'll be Christmas episodes, obviously. It's not going to be like some normal oh, match. Shoot. I'm going to find a Christmas angle again. But we did that I'm last too. year, and it was like really hard coming up with all Christmas stuff. Yeah, we'll figure something out. I, I think I, we did, what, six? We did like six Christmas episodes, I think, last year. Maybe. I don't remember. I'll, the only one I remember is Alberto Del Rio running over Santa Claus in his limousine. Right, that was... Yeah, look, that was great. The best part of that, though, was the John Cena just yelling Santa. Oh, yeah. For that was Santa. the best part. But uh, that wasn't even... I'm sorry, Harris. That was not the best one we talked about. The best one we talked about was the Roddy Piper Christmas Carol. That one was good, too. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure and tune in next week. This has been Behind the Gorilla, and we will talk to you next time.